Welcome to the Dad Bod Pod. I'm your host, Jamie Schleicher. With me, as always, our trusty intern, Seth Westway. Seth, glad to have you back on the pod. Great to be with you, as always, as the resident Pod Bod Dad. How, how's your week gone so far? I know last week you had the humiliating loss to me in fantasy. <laughs> this week, Monday night, my Cowboys beat your Giants with our backup quarterback. So you you hanging in there? You doing all right? That was rough. That was rough. I pulled out a win over Matt's team, which was starting a defense and a kicker, no less. But everything else ran a little sour, and combined with real life just being what it is, I got away for a few days. I, I got to Seattle, spent time with good friends, so I wasn't, you know as present to the weeping and gnashing of teeth I probably would have been doing if I'd been watching the game. So sliver of grace, but I hope the Giants, I always believe in my Giants, and uh, my fantasy team can start putting up more points. Yeah, the fantasy team did okay this week. You, You handled Matt pretty soundly. Like you said, starting at defense and the kicker. Wasn't sure we were going to see that, but we did. Still scoring still, only like 80 points. <laughs> still, still lost by 40. So, I don't know. Might be time to hit that panic button, Matt. Ooh, good foreshadowing. Just, it's all about the setups and payoffs here. People, people got to know what's coming down the road. And last week we teased it. People want to hear more about the robbery. So... Why don't I pass the mic to you, and can you tell us a little bit more about that experience? Yeah, we don't want to leave the people hanging. Thank you for your interest. And before we get to the meat of this episode and everybody panics, I will share with you all about a very particular day where my panic button started rising rapidly and at the same time was so surreal. So I've, I've hinted at this different points. The past year and a half has been kind of the 18 months from hell, like almost comically bad. Like I've just felt like a Job and I'm super grateful to still be here with a roof over my head and with you all. So the robbery, not eight days after I was discharged from the hospital and my near death experience, this is at the end of February, 2022. It's the first day I'm allowed to drive again, and it's also my kid's birthday. And so I'm going to take them to school. It's Monday. And there's cookies in the car for their class. This is a key detail. And there are envelopes to drop off at the post office, also a key detail, uh, from podcast sponsor Bowhead Jazz Etsy shop. Um, had some Had some purchases. So I bring the school that's like 10, 15 minutes and get to the post office to drop off the merch and realize my kid forgot the cookies. So I have to turn back almost another 10 minutes. What I'm trying to say here is my kind of weakened body is already in the car for an extended amount of time. This is like between 8 and 8.30 in the morning on a Monday. And so I bring it back to school, bring it down to the office, turn back around. I'm gone, though, totally no more than 45 minutes. And I pull up into my driveway, and there's this large kind of parking pad. 
And I get out of the car, pull out my phone to check my family's Wordle thread, see, see how they've done on the day's Wordle. Um, because of course I can't wait to get in the house to check my phone. I have to open it up right there. And so I'm just kind of standing, shutting the car door. And you know how when just at like a lizard brain level, you are aware of something, but it's not actually part of your awareness and consciousness, like your living presence. It was like that. There's movement in the reflection. So when I'm facing the house, standing outside my car, that's the, the window to the dining area. It's, it's an open floor plan house. And at like the sub subconscious level, my reflection is kind of moving, but it doesn't register, right? It, it's like kind of moving. And I'm like, I'm not moving. I look up and I'm like, that's weird. And, you know, my partner has a key to my house, but there's no cars. Like, it just, just doesn't compute. And I'm like, oh, there, there's a person, but like, that's moving and I'm not. It was just like a weird funhouse trick mirror. And then there's a second reflection inside. And I'm like, oh, there's two people in my house. Like, what? And they're trying to get out. Uh, the back door, there's French doors um, that they had gotten in, which unfortunately hadn't been fully latched by someone who will not be named um, that I love dearly, can't hold it against them. But they had, as it turns out, kicked that in. But let's get to the present. Like, it just doesn't compute. And so there's a side gate to the right. I don't go through my house. I'm like, I'm hallucinating. And you know, I've still got scars, right, uh, from the stitches and all that, uh, the, the surgery I had. And so I go around the back and I'm like, this isn't real. Like, what just happened? And I go around to the back and sure enough, I am hallucinating because it's dead quiet. It's empty. Like, I, th my, I just like, this must be the drugs I'm on, right? Like, after the hospital, there were um, different things for my pancreas, painkillers and so on. And so it must be that, like, I'm just kind of woozy. This is my first time driving, but just to be sure I go around the back, around the house to the other side, to the other side of the house. And nope, I'm not hallucinating. There are two people there, a man and a woman, the woman straddling the fence to the front, like he's helping her climb over. And I see my bags. I see my purple pillowcase, I have purple sheets, purple pillowcase filled with my stuff. There's like wires and electronics overflowing. And I, you know, and I, it's, it, I think you all know, I have a fair amount of training for like intense situations and confrontations. So this weird, like, it's totally surreal. I'm like, what the heck? And at the same time, I'm very conscious that this is a potentially dangerous situation, but I'm also not like afraid to confront, like, this is happening. So I'm, I'm, I'm in this weird fight or flight and yet present. It's hard to explain because this all happens in five minutes and I'm going to try to tell it in less than five. So, uh, apologies, uh, to the kids who listen, but I just blurt out. So it's more of the fight. I go, what the fuck? And like, like that. And this guy turns around towards me and he goes, what the fuck? And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's my stuff. Put my stuff down. Like, and you know, like just saying this stuff, he's like, no, like, he's like, what are you going to do? I was like, 
oh, I don't want to do anything. Just like leave my stuff. Remember the woman straddling, but then she swings her leg over again. This is happening like really fast. And he, in the midst of it, and I'm keeping like a safe 10 foot distance. I'm not, I'm, I'm holding the corner of the house because I don't want to get trapped on the side there in case he has a knife or a gun. Um, these were not vagrants, but they did look sort of from skin condition that they might've been like smashing and grabbing for drug money. I'll say that. And maybe we're on something. So I'm like, I mean, he's, he's smaller than me, but I'm like, I don't know. Like they, they were put together enough. Um, and I've, I've obviously had a lot of time to think about this. So I'm like, stop. So, so he then throws the bag, uh, over the fence following her and, and, and has stuff. So like all my stuff is on the other side of the fence. So I run back around the back of the house to the front to see her running with like kind of the pillowcase and the bag out my front gate and to a pickup that's parked. Even as I'm talking, I'm looking at it at this uh, little apartment complex across the street, big purple pickup, also a key detail for later. Um, and so I'm at the gate. I have this big sliding gate. Um, I block kind of the door part. And he comes around with like an armload of stuff she left behind, like um, like my old Nintendo 64 that I got on eBay and uh, uh, the Nintendo Switch um, that got for. So they're just things, but like special, like got for my kid for their birthday. Like these are the little things that we have fun with and other and, and wires and, and this and that. I can't. It's all happening really fast. And so again, I'm aware of the need to keep a safe distance, but I also technically sort of have him blocked with my body. And I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Like at this point, I'm a little more present, but my panic button is rising. Like, cause I'm like trying to talk to her and she's like cursing me out. Like if you, uh, and also apologizing, like, sorry, we just got, you know, like, and then me like, if you, we got to go. And I'm like, yo, just put my stuff down, leave my stuff. And, and finally I get the presence of mine. Uh, to be like, Hey, listen, different from my first response. I go, I'm a pastor. I don't know why this pops in. I can help you. Um, and that kind of makes him pause. He's there in the gravel. I'm in the gravel. I'm kind of giving some space. Cause I don't want him like necessarily come at me if he's got a weapon. Um, again, it's morning and the neighborhood's totally quiet. Usually this is a time people are going to work and everything. And like, I'm hoping just someone hears this, but I'm also trying to like use my body to shield, but also not get hurt. Like, where do I have space? I'm just very hyper aware. So I'm a pastor. I can help you. Let me help you. And I was like, he was like, and so that kind of makes him pause. And, um, but he sees I'm kind of blocking it. And then, so he, he, he kind of, dumps his arm load of stuff uh in like this mulch pile i had but i realized that's the kind of distraction he's like fine i'll leave this stuff i'll leave this stuff so i see the nintendo switch and like some random controllers and wires i mean it wasn't much they they got away with some pretty key stuff that i'll get to but he's using it to distract me so he gets around so i start following him again but he made it to the gate um, because I think he's going to like, let me help him and like talk to her. Like, cause she's getting in the passenger side door. I was like, let me help you. I was like, I can give you money. You don't want to do this. Like I'm saying this, like it's going to convince him. Like, you don't want to do this. I can give you money. Well, that makes him stop. He's like, you got money. And I go, do you have Venmo? 
And <laughs> that's what I said. And he goes, no. And I was like, I mean, I'm a geriatric millennial. I don't carry cash. And <laughs> I have no cash on me. So then he starts moving towards the truck and I move. I was like, come on, you don't want to do this. Like I can get your license plate number. It's weird. The things you think of, like I, I pull my phone out and you know, I I've done a lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda. And I think all things considered. And some people were really encouraging me, like said, I did quote unquote the best I could. Cause like I could have filmed them. I could have gotten this ID, but I'm like thinking in real time, like stop this while it's happening. And she's getting in the car. And again, she's sort of apologizing, sort of cursing me out. And he's like, we gotta go. I was like, I'm going to, I'm able to call the cops. Like, I don't want to call the police. I don't want to involve law enforcement just as a matter of course. I was like, I'm going to get your license plate. That was the only thing I could think of. Like, that's how I'm going to get them. And so I put at that point, all my mental energy, I'm dialing 911 goes into memorizing their license plate. If you see anyone out there in a purple pickup truck with ADE 4809 or something, unfortunately, it never got a hit. It probably was stolen uh, or not registered because that's where my energy was. So they're peeling out and I'm calling. I mean, uh, police did come like within a minute or two and there were prints ever like they've been caught in the act. Like they obviously thought someone wasn't going to come back because like, my French horn case that my mom, you know, like my mom wants me to has been clearing out her attic and I played French horn for 10 years, but it's locked. And they got the box with the key in it. Um, my air mattress was like pulled out, like just these things uh, out of my closet were strewn about, but they had gone through. I mean, it's a simple open floor plan house. They had gone through everything pretty quickly. And then just some stuff in disarray, some speakers unplugged, but wouldn't have happened. I mean, I would have much preferred, I was given some nice speakers once that I never would have afforded. Like I'd rather they had taken those two than some of the things they did end up getting. Unfortunately, which was really irreplaceable stuff, like how home insurance covered things like the Nintendo games and the, the, for the switch, you know, and stuff I could quantify. My iPad was stolen, but again, it's like, good luck opening that without my thumbprint, like the find my iPad never came on, but that, that was for work. Like all my sermons were on that and they stole all my meds. So that was pretty problematic because there were several I needed to take every day. And I was like, great, you got like 10 Oxycontin and 300 stool softeners. Have fun with that. Um, but like the pancreas stuff I needed every day. And so that became pretty urgent. And they just happened to luckily grab these like little boxes where my used checkbooks were and my passport. So I had to immediately like cancel my passport, cancel my bank account, freeze everything. So I did that. But, you know, just the stuff. The worst part was, though, in just kind of grabbing backpacks of mine and my kids there, they got like the, these journals with all my kids writings and drawings and um, stuff with like letters from my grandparents, like stuff that's, you, you know, meaningless to someone else, but stuff that like, I'll never be able to get back. Right. Like little mementos, like these little things. So like, it's like the iPad and Nintendo games, I don't care. And then overarching all of that was just the horrible trauma of it. Like I have done a lot to try to heal from a lot of stuff over the past five years for good reasons. Uh, like, but just the hypervigilance that has come with, uh, some of the white supremacist threats and, 
stuff I've done. Um, this was obviously not connected, but my home, you know, I know none of us are guaranteed tomorrow, but my home has really been like my one safe space as I've tried to work through some of that hypervigilance. And all of a sudden it's like, holy cow. And not only that, my daughter, my daughter's in an age where I can leave them home alone. You know, if I'm doing church or doing whatever. And, and I was like, I'm never going to be able to leave here again, let alone leave them alone. And so that was awful, especially I think in a physically very tender spot. Um, so that's why I want to win the league. I, I need to, to, to make some, make some money back. Uh, I mean, I think all told, like when you added it up, it was about like $4,000 worth of stuff, but like, I'm not attached to stuff like all my furniture, you know, it's from Craigslist and I like my stuff, but it's been an interesting year and funny little coda right around the time the group me picked up again, I get a message from a detective. This is like the end of July, early August. And it was like, uh, we found your passport and some other papers like way East and in Tucson. Um, but unfortunately there were no prints. It was with a bunch of other stolen stuff. So the case remains open. Um, I had to look at some faces like a lineup card, but none of them matched. Uh, and I don't know what story can I tease next time from crazy town here. Um, I do, I will say for people who are worried or wondering, I feel good. I feel safe. I put up a couple cameras for my peace of mind so I could leave my daughter alone. Um, and you know, I'm pretty ambivalent about that kind of stuff, but it helps. Uh, the one thing that's always supposed to be the biggest deterrent in this kind of stuff is having a dog. And some of y'all will know that until recently, like I had great Danes, like, uh, and, and then last year I fostered a St. Bernard and this happened in the small window where I did not have a snuggle puppy, uh, that would deter, deter someone, unfortunately, because like more than a camera, more than alarms, if you have a dog that's barking, that, that, is the thing so uh let this podcast be sponsored by your local spca um those that's that's the story it was wild um make sure you have cash i don't know what else to say it was just surreal and i thought about it i i don't trust a couple of my neighbors and i was like how did they know right in that window like my car had been there like i had been gone half the month in the hospital my car in there, the one day I drive and I'm only gone 30 minutes, just boom. Like, so some things don't quite make sense about this. Like, was my house being cased by like a DoorDash delivery guy? You know, like why just boom, did it get picked? Like, and they were parked, right? It wasn't like, oh, this looks like a good one to hit. Like you had to know or see me leave or something. I, I can't figure it out. Like it's a dense, quiet neighborhood and I'm friendly with some of the people, but I could keep on going about this, uh, but we're here to make everybody else panic. I, I don't even know what to say. Like it's so many questions. There were there were several points in there where I, I was like, I could jump in here, but felt <laughs> didn't want to throw you off off your game. Uh, you were you were very much into the story, <laughs> but I, w I was curious. Um, you know, just talking about like your training with conflict and confrontation and various things uh curious like what I, I know it was all happening so fast and you touched on it a little bit but 
like what did that type of training play like in in this situation sure yeah sorry for just running uh with it i i gotta have one monologue at least every podcast um yeah well i mean i i offered it up to the league like if you don't want to hear me and seth just monologue the <laughs> so yeah I'm looking at you michael benz <clears throat> looking at you sean greer travis Piquel, eric yeah. If you don't want the monologues, you got to come on five. That's right. Well, real quick in response. So even though I think my first WTF was just out of surprise, like, oh my gosh, this is real. Like I, I really, I hadn't had my coffee yet. Right. Um, but just the awareness of my surroundings, my presence, like what's on my six, uh, that kind of stuff. And then once I made it back around to the side of the house, the kind of de-escalation, like I mean, I played the pastor card and if nothing else, now they know they robbed a pastor, (laughs) but I I was just like, Hey, I can help you. Like, listen, let's pause. And, and it, and, and in a sense it did work. He did pause. He was like, he felt bad. He's like, let me put this stuff down. And he walked it back to the house. So clearly like he wasn't feeling like super there. And like, like I said, I have, I had several inches on this guy. Um, but it was clear, like I was able, like just the different de-escalation techniques and trainings and just the position of my body. Like, I think that that took over. But then when I saw they were leaving and she was just throwing the stuff in the car, then I kind of escalated it again because I was starting to panic. I was like, please don't. I didn't know what they had taken, but I'm like, I could see that they had like a bag that my parents had given me for Christmas, uh, like my tra- one travel bag and my pillowcase and they were stuffed full. Um, so they stole all my candles. That was weird. Um, I don't know what that's for. Cooking the heroin. (laughs) The meth. I mean, all like a box full of tea lights. Like you had to go into this like cabinets. They stole like, like little toys, like, you know, stuffed things like baby yoda that my daughter had had weird stuff that's just crazy man like you said the the physical things like you like your stuff it's sad to see that go but it's more the you know being concerned about your your physical well-being especially you know right after coming out of the hospital and then that yeah, just that sense of violation of your home being like your safe spot as well. Um, yeah, violation's a big piece of it. Um, and so ironically, we've we've laughed and joked a good bit about my current underemployed, unemployed status. But this summer has been a big healing time because I've just gotten to be here and then like go out in different ways and feel more a part of the city and more present and just uh, that sort of thing. Um, so regaining the plot a bit. Thanks for listening. Um, they didn't take my New York Giants t-shirt or my, or my draft preparation. So yeah, they know some things are worthless. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Everybody else panic. So let that be a lesson to you or think about what you would have done. Bring it on the pod and talk to Jamie. Um, just know that there's probably no right answer, but there's always possible answers i feel like that's going to be a question that we have to ask every guest that comes on this season of what would you have done in seth's shoes (laughs) how would you have confronted the robbers you would have said stop stealing my shoes they got my sneaks
All right, I have bloviated enough. Um, Jamie, do you want to set up this fun new segment? Yeah, now that everybody has gone with us on that journey of anxiety and loss, let us introduce (laughs) a segment that we call Everybody Panic. More anxiety. (laughs) More anxiety. We're just, we're cranking it up to to 10 this episode. (laughs) Going for a uncut gems type five here where it's just a, a heart attack for a solid hour you're you're on edge the whole time the movie is the most stressful movie i've ever watched it's great but just from like minute one until the end of the film you're like i've i've been tense and anxious my my, my fitbit said like sounds like you did an aerobic workout we're counting that Ten thousand steps okay but this segment, we're going to go through everybody's team, starting with Mr. Irrelevant himself, and talk about the worst case scenario, why this person's season is completely over, why there's no hope, nothing to be done, and we'll we'll just kind of see where the conversation takes us. Sure. And can I just point out real quick, as of this recording, three weeks of the NFL and fantasy season have been played, and parody if you want to call it that, is the name of the game. I think in real football, there's only two undefeated teams left. But also in our league, there's two 3-0 and teams, three 2-1 and teams, three 1-2 and teams, two 0-3 oh teams. And so it's anyone's, anyone's trophy for the taking. Um, but yeah, we're going to start at the bottom and work our way up. Uh, turning it over to our commissioner who... Apparently can't win and commish at the same time. <laughs> Not that we've seen. It's been rough since carrying the weight of that mantle. And Travis sitting in first, free of that burden. So causation, correlation, it's hard to say which. But looking at looking at Zach's team, what do you think is his undoing here? Why does why does he have no hope? Zach has no hope. I mean, he might be panicking anyway. We'll acknowledge that. But I'm going to say he has no hope because his bench is just not producing. There's some big names on there, and there's strength throughout the starting roster. We could talk about how Jonathan Taylor's underperformed, but that's going to come back. I would panic because... Tom Brady doesn't have his weapons, and DJ Moore has been a ghost. Um, And I think Melvin Gordon, Mark Ingram, and David Montgomery are soon to be uh, non-entities. So I would panic for his bench. Um, they, They look good on paper, but I don't see it. And I would also say his team looks like a walking hospital. Uh, every single player on here has some type of injury concern, especially at the quarterback position. He had Tom Brady and Trey Lance. We talked about that in oh, that's the great. post-draft episode of, of things that were interesting there. But Trey Lance, out for the season. Tom Brady, all of his wide receivers got hurt. So physically he's okay, but the offensive line and wide receivers aren't looking great. He picks up Tua after his huge game last week. 
Tua gets hurt, comes out of the game for a little while. Who knows if he plays this week? So the the quarterback position has really hurt him. Mm-hmm. But just going down the list, Amari Cooper, chronically injured. He plays through most of it, but he's always hurt. Jonathan Taylor popped up on the injury report this week. Alvin Kamara missed a couple weeks. He's got some rib stuff going on. Not sure how healthy he is. Brandon Cooks pops up on the injury report. David Montgomery came out of the game last week. Might be hurt this week. So Leo Herbert blew up. Yeah, he did. And that's connected to my panic button for Zach, which is that who do you replace some of these studs with? Um, Unless DJ Moore comes alive. I, I don't know that you really can. So it's the type of thing, if, if, if Kamara does get healthy, Jonathan Taylor gets healthy and, and bounces back, he's still got the pieces to to right the ship here and, and make a run. It's just you don't feel great about anybody on his team yeah. right now. And you just got to hope that that changes for him before before the, the season gets away from him. He did avoid the rename this week. So there's there's a silver lining by one point um, five four points, and I I would say that's that's the hope for the rest of the season is you know maybe just play every week so that you don't get renamed, that's but great. the playoffs it's it's not gonna happen. I'm, I'm putting Zach's Zach's panic meter at a nine out of ten here. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean we're playing this week, so I'm gonna put him at zero and four, but. If we're offering silver linings, I do hope he gets some points since he does consistently start a kicker in a defense. So, Zach, I hope I beat you 150 to 145. But that's a, that's a bold prediction. Yeah, but you, not not quite Brian level, but <laughs> we'll call it bold. Yeah, you should you should panic, Zach. You're going to finish last, just like everyone in this segment. Yeah, Zach's sitting in last place, five fewer points scored than our ninth place, Romeo Romeo, which is Matt's new team name, Matty Ice. The moniker is gone. All right. Matt, well, I'll tee this one up and throw it to you. It makes me wonder if he's trying to trade for Romeo Dobbs from Sean, as am I. Um... Matt's funny because, uh, in a sense, he's always panicking, and yet he's always perpetually hopeful. It's this interesting tension, this interesting yin and yang. Jamie, why should Matt panic, and why is he going to finish last? I think Matt should panic just because his team's not good. (laughs) Say more. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a player that I like on his team. Maybe Darren Waller. Maybe Kyler Murray. James Robinson is actually surprised. But it's just, this is a team of backups that he's he's trotting out there as his, his number ones. And maybe maybe these, these rookie wide receiver rocket ships, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, can, uh, can turn around the season for him. But... We, we, we talked about it coming out of the draft is I just didn't see the elite tier talent mm. at a lot of the positions that can can really make the difference more in the playoffs. But as we're seeing through the first three or four weeks of the season so far, you got to make the playoffs to even hit those those ceiling games in the playoffs. Right. And I, I just I don't know 
if he's got the ceiling there. And we saw it this week. He started a defense and a kicker and still couldn't crack 80. So, yeah, you know, there's – I think there's more trades in Matty Ice's future – excuse me, Romeo Romeo's future. Uh, I, I see more trades coming because this team ain't it. Yeah. I will say – I actually like a lot of his players, but I think you hit the nail on the head. This is a lot of starters and bench are a lot of backups or like second tier. Like I would like to start a lot of these maybe in a WR2 or flex spot. I would trade for some. Um, Can Justin Herbert stay healthy? For me, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here, uh, which is what Matt is as a team, not a person. Um, but I would be panicking because he leaves roster spots open more often than not in the kicker and defense spot. And I've made my case. Uh, he had a compelling-ish counter argument, but I just believe those points matter. And uh, you should panic it with that empty roster spot um, instead of carrying like 10 running backs and five quarterbacks. <laughs> That's... Uh, so you should panic, Matt. You're going to end up in last place. Also, when I note this past week, Matt and Travis pulled off their third trade of the season so far with Kyler Murray coming back to Matt. He went from Matt to Travis during their second trade. Uh, Kyler comes back to Matt's team for Terry McLaurin. What, is, what do you make of that ping pong trade? Terry for for Kyler Murray straight up. What what are your thoughts on this one? I I thought it was curious. I I was interested of like you guys just made this trade. Like what what happened that you sent just one of those players back for another player? Yeah, there was a whiff of rental to it, but I buy that it was legit. You know, just... well it was legit because Travis never played Kyler. If he had played Kyler last week, then. Then we start getting into the conspiracy rumors about the, the one-week rental, but Kyler never played a game for Travis. Travis famously has Josh Allen. He also drafted Justin Herbert, so he had those those two top-tier QBs. But he gets Kyler Murray in this trade, trades him right back, gets Terry McLaurin, which I, I think makes more sense for a team that has Josh Allen. It's pretty so solid. We, we don't have to be slanderous with our... Um, throwing around rental trade things. Travis has always shown himself not to be an uncouth character, but a man of integrity. So don't want to, don't, don't want to get too heavy on the slam. No, not, not a rental. No, definitely never thought it was a rental that that was breathed into the group me elsewhere. Um, you know, there was the rather specious claim that there was, that Justin Herbert's injury was unknown, but funny enough, like, my leading man, Jared Goff, outscored Kyler. And I think actually Justin Herbert playing through the paint outscored him too. So this game is chaotic. I don't know what's going on with the Cardinals. Um, I adopted a home state team here. But um, Matt, I think has Rogers, but at some point, yeah, you got to cut bait with some of that bench and get a starting lineup. Like they're, they're good players, but yeah, something's got to hit. I think he might also run into that Sean Greer situation where you never quite know the right player to start week to week and the people that score points are on your bench all the time. That's a great point. 
that's a great point. When you have all these kind of like coin flips that could go like for 20 points, like James Robinson did on Matt's bench. And then uh, these other ones where you're just uncertain that that's why I think there's the perpetual panicking and the perpetual hope binary. All right. So scale, scale one to 10, where are you smashing that panic button for Matt? You know, this is a hard one because according to my panic button, he has a lot of control over how much he should panic. Um, based on whether he fills out that roster. I feared his team this week. I'm going to put Matt at a seven. He could move up to five with a kicker, uh, move up to 10 uh, with uh, constant churning. It was interesting to see Matt make your feared list this week because I I don't see it, but I like that my my nemesis fears him, so that made me happy. I, I think it's because I do believe at the right moment he could score 170 points or, like this week, 70. Sweet. It's been a lot of those so far. It's currently no kicker in the lineup, but he's projected to score 102 points to Sean's 120.61 points. So 34% dog right now. Kicker probably brings him up to that that 40, 42 percent. Yeah. But it could be could be a tough week four for Matt as well. Going to number eight. Yeah. Go. Who Matt slandered on last week's pod. Michael Benz uh, got his first win, but but last week Matt was out of the blue. Just goes, uh, I think Michael's in trouble. I think he's his team is terrible. So uh we're here to validate that actually yeah we're we're going team Matt on this one although he introduced that completely unprompted last week came out of nowhere it was not in the show notes wasn't in the script so he he went off page there went rogue and yeah let's let's talk about it now to confirm exactly what he said last week all right why should bins panic i think he should panic because he got false hope last week from his diamond in the rough, Khalil Herbert, coming into the game. He's going to start him this week, but David Montgomery is going to come back, and Khalil Herbert's only going to put up two points. Hmm. Kirk Cousins is still his quarterback. Are you surprised? We talked about this one post-draft as well. Kirk potentially being the weak spot in this roster coming out of the draft. Week four, he's still starting Kirk. And I think if that goes on until week six or seven, Michael's season is done. Yeah, this is a direct correlation to the subpar uh, Justin Jefferson stuff uh, this year. Yeah, that's a weak point. I, I think, yeah, I don't think Kirk has the tools around him. I would panic at quarterback, and I don't know that we're at the point where you kind of have to trade maybe for a quality QB. Um, in terms of what's on the wire. Then again, it can be one of these consistent positions. I, I Just to add an additional panic, I don't know that his starting wide receivers and running backs are top tier. Um, he's got two WR2s who, granted, are playing for the best offenses in Gabe Davis and Devontae Smith. And then Aaron Jones and Ezekiel Elliott 
seed a lot of high quality work to AJ Dillon and then Tony Pollard, uh, respectively. Tony Pollard is also just the better running back, and it's not even close. Um, so, and then his flex, uh, I don't know that Chase said, I think Chase Edmonds, uh, arrows pointing down. So just that starting core, they're attractive names, but oof, as the season goes on, I don't know about those running backs. That's where I'd be panicking if I were, um, Ben's, um, at the end and Herbert on the bench could show up in a big way. But if anything happens like it did last year with injuries or timeshares, uh, Dylan and Pollard could run away with both of those teams. So I'd be panicking there. Um, yeah. I agree. I think the arrows pointing up on Mark Andrews, huge, huge win coming out of the draft with that as your tight end. But then the rest of his team, maybe not Aaron Jones, but everybody else I'd like starting in my flex. Unfortunately, he's starting four of them in, in the starting positions. So, you know, I I think I'm hitting, I think I'm going to hit seven and a half on the, the panic meter here for Benz. Yeah, you should. Be. And if, yeah. if Kirk Cousins stays as a starting, starting quarterback for the next three weeks, as he did for the first three weeks of the season, I, I might crank that up to a nine. Uh, he was a total clod hopper in prime time as always. And it, it was remarkably bad. It was pretty, pretty bad. Um, not some, I think we tried to give him a silver lining a couple weeks ago by saying, Oh, Kirk cousins is a good fantasy quarterback. if not real life, but the circle has become unbroken. Indeed it has. And that brings us to number seven in the league standings. And I, I feel like I got to pass it over to you because I, I love that team. I like it. I like it a lot. Why am I panicking if I am criminal negligence, the leading co-host of the Dad Bot Pod? Whew. I like your team. I think your arrow could reasonably be pointing up, but that's not why we're here. I'm panicking. You know, I'm going to be a little redundant from the one we just did, but I'm panicking uh, at your starting running back situation. I think we've got a similar thing. Not sure what is going on with Eckler's uh, usage, um, but it's certainly, he's certainly not producing so far like he did last year. And Miles Sanders, there's, the Philly offense could go a lot of ways, and Miles Sanders is is someone who's been hurt. I think he's a little hurt this week. Um, and looking at your backups, Kareem Hunt, Eno Benjamin, Rashad Penny, um, I'd be panicking about that. But the rest of your team, I'm not too stressed about. You are strong on the wide receiver, tight end, and very much on the quarterback front with Jalen Hurts. But tell me, are you panicking about your running backs, or what's got you worried? Yeah, Eckler is definitely the the biggest worry right now. He's not getting the same usage that he was getting last year. Seen way too much Sony Michelle and Josh Kelly at the goal line and some of those high leverage situations. 
Don't like that. Herbert being hurt. I don't know. Maybe that leads to more dump offs, which could help him on the the pass catching front. Mm. So maybe that's a good thing. But if that pulls down this offense in efficiency and they're not putting up the numbers that we're expecting, that probably hurts Eckler a little bit more. And then Rashawn Slater left tackle for them, uh, second year pro. Who's I don't know if he went to the the Pro Bowl last year, but he's he's one of the best offensive tackles in the game, especially for a younger player. He's out for the season now. So this revamped offensive line, already not as stout, loses one of their their strongest members. So there's there's a lot of concerning things happening in San Diego. Yeah. And Eckler really wasn't somebody that I was targeting and kind of wish that I'd gone down a tier level from from him and you know maybe pick up somebody more in that Saquon DeAndre Swift range give me some more money to to get that rb2 um because if if i have like deandre swift and leonard fournette do i feel a lot better about my running backs than i do with austin eckler and Miles sanders right now yeah i do and then the other thing that's that's got me hitting the panic button a little bit i I think it'll turn around but kyle pitts the first three weeks of the season has not been what i drafted him to be which is just a unicorn who's a wide receiver at the tight end position. Yeah. And he, he caught two passes in week one and two, had a, a solid solid week three, and feel like talent has to win out at some point. And he, yeah. It's extra he distressing because the Falcons are putting up like over 25 points a game, even though I don't even know if they've won one. Um, but they're, put, they're, they're scoring. Um, yeah, I, I think you'll be using wide receivers in your flex for a good while unless you shake some things up with a trade. Um, week seven and eight, Sanders and Eckler are on by, and uh, that's the time to play you. That's why you're going to lose. Uh, Joey Bosa, just, not that we care as much about defenses, but just got put on IR um, with your Chargers DST. Uh I'm going to rate your panic level at just a five. I think that's fair. I'll put it at a six, and it's because I've lost two of my first three. If I if I was sitting two and one right now, I'd, I'd probably be down in that four or five range. But, yeah. you know, currently in seventh place. Right. On the outside looking into the playoffs, and that's not where you want to be. No. You know, Ironically... I think you could benefit from the fact that the Raiders must surely be panicking at 0-3, and they're going to figure out something with their big money, Devontae Adams, or who you've got in the WR1. And so if they don't, then they're in trouble as a team, but I bet he's going to eat over the next few weeks. He scored a touchdown in his past two games. Well, he's scored a touchdown in every game so far, but his past two games, he's scored a touchdown to prevent him from coming out of there with only one or two points. But without without those touchdowns, his his scores in those two games have been very bleak. So I'm I'm hoping Josh McDaniels doesn't completely screw up Devontae Adams and, yeah. and they, they figure that out there. Yeah. And then also let's talk about it. T. Higgins. He came out of one game for a concussion. He got evaluated for a concussion this last week. So I'm I'm getting nervous about T. Higgins. In his head. Yeah, you should probably panic. You're going to finish last. Yeah, it's two years in a row. I don't. I don't know if the pod can withstand that. 
All right. Now we're up to someone in sixth place. Uh, if the playoffs started today, would make the playoffs, but has a losing record at one and two. Dumb Stephen Luck. Oh, wait. Just dumb luck is his team name. Um, someone who probably doesn't. Are you, are you calling Stephen a nincompoop? <laughs> Those are strong words on the pod, Seth. I mean, he's not a Denver coach level nincompoop, but um, not hacking it. Hack it. Hack it in. Hack it in. If you were Steven, why should you be panicking right now? Uh, because that Wednesday injury report came out, and Christian McCaffrey quad. Uh, He's got a quad. Oh. Uh, and apparently it's more alarming than the hamstring thing that was going on the first couple weeks. He has a quad? <laughs> he has a quad. He has a quad. Man, I've got two. That's That's trouble. You would think a professional athlete would have two, but... The injury report is only talking about one. Yeah, yikes. Yahoo's appraisal of it is pretty alarming. They say McCaffrey's body just seems unable to handle a full workload anymore, despite being just 26 years old. So you're panicking if you're Steven because of injuries. Is that right? Uh, injury to Christian McCaffrey. Because oh, specifically. The cheat code Christian McCaffrey is what makes this team scary, pairing him with... Pat Mahomes, and then having Nick Chubb as your RB2. Yeah. And, you know, everybody else just being solid NFL players, that's that's a scary lineup to go up week to week. Christian McCaffrey, the first couple of weeks, has not looked like the CMC of old, scoring in that 12 to 14 point range, which is not the, the 25s that you've come to expect from CMC. Sure. And is that an injury thing? Is that a Baker Mayfield thing? Is that, once again, a clot hopper of a coach in that role just completely pulling down this offense? There, There's a lot of things, but I, I think CMC is, is the worrying point for me, especially with this quad news, that if if that engine isn't there, I just don't think this, this card goes anywhere in the playoffs. Right. I'm, I'm going to say for me, I think that's a big one. Yeah. Uh, because overall, aside from those two big money makers at running back, Steven's relative pretty thin at running back behind them with Gibson and Brees Hall, who's, whose breakout is coming, but that's it the way it stands today. I'd be panicking a bit. I'm not enamored of his wide receiver situation as many as he has. Like Chiefs score a ton, but Juju Smith-Schuster has yet to really eat and, and Mahomes feeds it around. So a potential stack there could be a league winner for Steven. But other than that, Mike Evans, um, also when Brady gets all his weapons back, if he does, likes to feed a lot of them, but maybe he doesn't. And so maybe Mike Evans eats, but I'm not really enamored of any other wide receivers on this roster right now. Um, Got to respect uh, keeping Harrison Bucker on IR <laughs> while rocking the Chargers kicker uh, because I would have been probably working the waiver more. So I'd be panicking by the lack of like surefire quality at wide receiver. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The The hope there for him is, you know, Mike Evans comes back from this one game suspension and Brady just force feeds him the ball. And then Juju, hopefully over the course of the season, can build that rapport with 
Mahomes and become that clear number one target because right now he is just spreading the ball around a ton. Yeah. CEH is catching a ton of passes. Right. Looking like the guy that a lot of people drafted in the first, second round a couple of years right. ago. If I may be so bold, I'm going to put Lux uh, panic meter at eight. Wow. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't necessarily like it. I, I also have to say that the Panthers aren't necessarily anything to write home about yet. So, I'm I'm only gonna put his panic meter at a a five point five. Oh. If this if this uh Christian McCaffrey quad news has legs, then I I probably bump it up to a seven. But I'm I'm gonna stay in that five and a half range right now. All right. Alright. Who's up next? Next we have fifth place. Feels like it should be you, but the standings are, are telling me this is Eric's neat team. Does that sound right? I was in fifth place last week. Why should I be here? I'm in I just I I just I don't think you should be anywhere above fifth place. <laughs> We can talk about that in a second. Eric's neat team uh, dropped from second to fifth with a loss, big loss to our other uh, undefeated newcomer. Newcomers. Uh, They neither put up team. So I'm looking at this. Eric's made some moves in the past day. I'm panicking about his, or here's one where I'm panicking about uh, the quarterback situation. Um, if I'm Eric, he just picked up the boy I dropped, which turned out to be a wise gamble. He's got, he moved Russell Wilson off the waivers into a starting spot over Matt Stafford. I am, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm bum fuzzled, uh, by what's going on in Denver. I was high on them. I wanted Sutton in the draft. Didn't get him. Was pretty happy with Russell. Cause everyone was like, we're building the offense around him. He's going to cook. He's got Judy, he's got Sutton, he's got these two exciting running backs. We got a pretty solid D. And there's been a lot of chatter that it's obviously the coach, who I think we've already um, uh, established is like a complete foof in the making. Uh, But Russell uh, isn't exactly taking over here. Something's like he's missing people. And Quarterback also, Stafford. I had him last year. Um, the Rams obviously went on to win the Super Bowl. I mean, he throws a lot of INTs, but there's a lot of chatter also. The Rams are not exactly – they're like kind of one of these NBA teams that gets you know a bunch of superstars and puts them together, it feels like, this year. And uh, it's not happening. Like, Allen Robinson has, hasn't caught much. Uh, Cooper Cup is, like, matchup proof. But um, – I'm panicking if I'm uh, Eric's team uh, with the quarterback situation. What about you? Yes, it's the onesies for me. Russell Wilson at QB and, and Dawson Knox at tight end, I don't think are the strongest. But then, you know, you look at the rest of his lineup and, you know, give to Eric to bump fuzzle the both of us because. <laughs> I think I think he executed his draft with the precision of an exacto knife. I mean, just look at this: Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, 
Amon Ross St. Brown, who yeah. could be the steal of the draft that's at this right. point. And that's, that is just a lot of high power weaponry mm-hmm. that, you know, if, if Russell Wilson can overcome whatever is happening in Denver, talk about disappointing hometown teams. Uh, that's, that's my new, the Broncos are to me as the Cardinals are to you. Uh, they will never replace our beloved Giants and Cowboys, but, you know, you got to pull for the team, and I'm coming off of a, a Stanley Cup victory here okay. for my, my transplanted city. Go Avs. Yeah. Uh, uh, so so would love love to see the Donkeys figure this out and re- return to their, their glory years, and if Russell Wilson can return to a QB who looks like he deserves $235 million, then this team gets that much stronger. Yeah, and his bench, I mean, like, he's got Jamal Williams. This might be a good segue into fourth place, but even with Dalvin Cook uh, possibly hurting out, he's got the new Detroit starting running back for the next couple weeks who was already vulturing uh, my touchdowns from DeAndre Swift. Um, And then he's got Tony Pollard waiting in the wings. Rashad Bateman, I mean, his wide receivers are so strong. I mean, he's got Rashad Bateman on his bench. I am only panicking if I'm Eric. Uh, at a level three, actually, because something the, the situation in Denver is so dire. Somehow they even have a two and one record that like something I think is going to change. Like the coach is going to get fired or they're just going to like start doing craziness unless Russell Wilson is cooked. Um, and even then, Matt Stafford could also blow up because Sean McVay is also not going to just lie around. He's going to tinker and do something. Uh, so my panic level is just a three. What about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say you, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I'm going to go three as well. Not not too panicked. All right. Well, let's segue then. Uh, what freaks you out about my team not in a good way? So I think the injuries come into play here as well. DeAndre Swift, is he out until week six? They're talking about that. They haven't even ruled him out this week. They just said they gave him a rest day. Uh, But there's talk about keeping him out through the Lions week six bye because the Lions are playing fun. We all saw what a crazy man Dan Campbell, the coach, is. Um, So I am expecting not to have DeAndre Swift, who is – a potential league winner um, back for a few weeks, even though they're calling him day-to-day at the moment. Yeah, so I'm going to say, unless you're able to swing a miracle trade for, say, you know, DeAndre Swift, you trade for Miles Sanders and league winner Drake London, <laughs> I just, I, I don't see your, your team going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> It's all going to fall apart because I don't have DeAndre Swift starting for the next three weeks. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, un- unless you could get like a Miles Sanders and Drake <laughs> London, maybe maybe that could save the season. Hypothetically. Um, Hypothetically. But just for our loyal listeners, I'm just going to throw out some names, and you let me know if you would panic if these were names in your fantasy lineup. Jared Goff, QB25, Damian Pierce. David Njoku, <laughs> Graham Gano, Giants defense. <laughs> are, are any of those names that you would willingly start in a fantasy football lineup? That that just sounds 
like a hot dumpster fire. And I I don't see that team team going anywhere. All right. Well, since I'm here to defend my honor, I will say kickers and defenses are ones I have fun doing a week by week thing. It's always a gamble that way because you might lose out on someone blowing up. But Graham Gano scored 34 points in the past two weeks. And the Giants play the Bears this week. Um, and I had Cleveland's D. They did me solid at the very last second. But they lost probably Miles Garrett, and they play someone much more difficult this week. So I, I also am very biased homer-wise, and, and the defense wire is a little thin. Uh, Jared Goff, I think I do have a bit of hard knocks stuff because right now Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, and I don't know who all else are hurting. So I'm panicking. Uh if I if I do say so myself about my quarterback situation right now. I was feeling pretty high on the fact that that could be a great gamble. It was in that he technically scored more points than uh Russell Wilson last week and Kyler Murray, who I was offered in a trade, but I'm panicking. Was, by- was that from Travis or Matt? I think it was from Travis and then Matt. <laughs> so um, both, both yeah. and. Yeah, Travis was offering him to me up until like two minutes before he accepted the trade with Matt. And I I think the Part of it is I'm now with this injury, I have solid running backs, but it's like, who's going to hit? Is it going to be Damian Pierce, Ramondre Stevenson in terms of who I put in to slot behind Saquon Barkley? But I'm panicking the most about my quarterback situation, at least this week, because I'm like, Goff is already sort of an uncouth, gangly doofus of a quarterback, but I was feeling good about the fun system they have there and the weapons. And now I'm like, who in the heck is he going to throw to DJ Chark? And are they just going to pound it with Williams this week? So this is a highly niche episode uh, that you'll be caring about only in so much as you care about my team during week four of the 2022 season. Uh, What would you put my panic meter at for the whole season? For the whole season. Whole season, I think I'd put you at a four, four and a half. A little bit higher than Eric's team, actually, in, in my opinion. Because you've got those onesie position concerns at both quarterback and tight end. And then I, I think you just have a few more question marks when it comes to RB2 and also the flex. You, you've got a lot of intriguing guys. Um, but yeah, there's just nobody that like I, I feel super confident is going to be that league winner, although you have three or four guys that could turn into that. So it's it's a matter of wait and see. It's it's week three, and you know there's still so much that we don't know. But I'm I'm gonna hit your panic button at four point five. I'm just gonna go ahead and agree with you on that, partly because I'm always a little worried. But yeah, Dalton Schultz, even if he didn't have injury concerns, I'm concerned about Dallas in general and I was pretty high on the fact that like oh I might have had like kind of a dark horse tight end here and now even if he is playing he might be hurt I think I'm gonna have to roll with him that's that's the worry is that he kind of comes back and he looks like Zeke did the second half of last year where he's he's playing every game he's in there but he's not a hundred percent and it just doesn't 
he did the same type of production. And if you watch the game on Monday night, they really didn't look like they missed him that much. Um, yeah, exactly. A couple, couple of young guys, Ferguson, Hendershot, right. filled in pretty well and you know gave you about what Dalton Schultz is giving you. Yeah, so if, if he does get healthy, he could still be a guy that just sees a ton of targets behind C.D. Lamb in that offense. But there's definitely room for concern with him. Right. Um, so, yeah, I might need to work work the trade block for my onesies. Um, in the interest of time, partly my own, um, give me the Bloodlord. Sean, this is especially daunting to, to panic about. Because Sean, since I shellacked him and renamed him after week one, now has the most points in the league in third place. Which mm-hmm. He's put up extra in week two and three uh, after getting blown out week one. Are you panicking about Sean's? Why is he going to lose uh, and be in last place this year? This is another one we talked about post-draft of Sean got these guys – who I, I, I think just give him the highest floor in the league when they go out there. Like they're, they just all touch the ball so often that he's only going to get renamed once or twice this season. I, I don't see that happening a lot. That being said, aside from Lamar Jackson, who, you know, looks like the MVP so far, he put up 47 points this past week. Contract year. Um, you know, the rest of these guys, like you can make a very concerning case about CB Lamb, did not look good for the first two and a half weeks, kind of came alive in the second half against the Giants. After dropping um, a touchdown. Tyree Kill, there were a lot of concerns about what would his usage and pass rate over expectation look like in Miami. I think that's pretty much been put to rest, but if two is hurt, once again those usage concerns and can they get him the ball that's going to come back into play Derrick Henry kind of getting old for running back that Tennessee team just looks awful do the wheels just kind of fall off there right he's just average now he caught five passes for 50 yards this past week so if that continues to happen he's he's going to be a monster but you just worry about the wheels falling off there same thing with Najee Harris he's He's just a compiler. He touches the ball so often, he gets every touch there, but not not a special player and on a bad offense. So does yeah. does the offense just pull him down? That's right. Um, and then TJ Hawkinson, Jeff Wilson, they're just guys. So if the the lottery tickets, the young wide receivers on his bench don't hit, and and any of these guys go down. There could be some holes in the armor that even Superman Lamar can't fill. Yeah. If I'm Sean, I'm going to be maybe a little more generous, but your analyses I think are spot on. If I'm Sean, I'm panicking about his tight end and flex position. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, um, not just the current injury concerns, but, you know, it's just not quite there this year. Maybe that could change. We've already dissected the lines enough and then, Gerald Everett as a backup, high-powered potential offense, but um, there's other weapons in L.A. Charger land. Uh, the flip side of that is he's got Romeo Dobbs on the bench, who's a really hot uh, commodity this week. 
and could skyrocket into Packers number one. Uh, people are excited. I mean, he's got Rodgers on his bench, but there's no way he's going to play him over Jackson um, outside of a bye week. So, and also I think we dissected this in the draft analysis pod, but the, the bench overall is kind of weak, but I'm on the starting line up front. I'm even with all that being said, I'm panicking in that tight end and flexed. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe he makes a trade for a tight end at some point down the road here. Um, but if, if all these guys stay healthy and kind of produce like they can, Sean just marches his way down the season like a pond storm and slowly, methodically destroys everything in its path until you surrender. So I'm really not hitting the panic button right now with with a healthy team for Sean and an MVP Lamar. Um, I'm at like a two on the panic meter here. Where are you at? I'm going to put it more at a 5.5. Okay. Um, with the, and even then I think, yeah, it's got to stay healthy. I, I think he's strong. I'm, you know, he's obviously put up a ton of points, but I think it could go backwards in a hurry. So five. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's really the main panic button for me is an injury or two and just doesn't have the pieces to, to replace that or withstand it really. Yeah. All right. 10 minutes or less. Why are you panicking about Big D Brian Gravy Train's team? Yeah, so second place, our first undefeated. Yeah, undefeated Big D gets George Kittle back. So I think the panic button here comes at QB. Joe Burrow hasn't looked like the top five option. I think a lot of a lot of people are drafting him as he did put up three TDs this past week, so maybe maybe he starts to heat up and we'll get another good look Thursday night tomorrow. Leonard Fournette just hasn't really been scoring touchdowns um, where the touchdowns at and that offensive line, the offense in general with all the injuries to the wide receivers, I really think his running backs with Leonard Fournette and CEH are kind of the, the weak spots here for me. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, it's his, it's his uh, running back situation. I'm panicking if I'm Brian. I think I'll just add that too. I don't think I, I'm worried. I'd be worried Fournette's going to break down. They've been really workhorse in him and there's not like kind of the Ronald Jones and stuff behind him. I know he's got, He's got Rashad White on his bench. Who's, he's got the insurance. He's got the insurance, but rookies are always volatile. And also CEH is volatile. And even as we're uh, breaking this down, there's talk of Kansas City being more of a running back by committee approach going forward. Like CEH has surprised a lot by having four touchdowns in the past three weeks, but he's also just such a wild card. And there's a lot who don't think it's going to be sustainable. Obviously, Alexander Madison's an RB1 if Dalvin Cook's hurt. Maybe that's the case this week. Uh, but that's also a handcuff sitting on the bench. So um, he has strong starters. I'd feel good about his team, you know, even Burrow. But I'm panicking over the rest of the season that the running back situation could break down badly. 
badly. Um, he's only holding four. And those two, uh, if I'm being yeah pessimistic, um, but right now everything's working well for him. So I'm going to put his panic at a four. No, not even. I'm going to put it at like a 3.5 <laughs> since, since we want to really split hairs on this part. Just to make you second guess yourself, I'm going to come in at a four. Confident <laughs> four. I'm a confident four here. Yeah. I agree. The Justin Jefferson, Steph Diggs, Mike Williams, I, I, I think they can carry some subpar play at the running back position. But if the wheels do fall off there, I think go downhill quick and not sure that Joey B has the the firepower at QB to, to keep him in some things. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's going well so far. He's got an interesting matchup with Steven this week. They're projected kind of like hand in hand, but we'll see if big D can, can keep it going or it can help yeah. me uh, move past Steven in the sixth place here. Yeah. He's, he's a four because it's going well so far, but he's going to have to light some candles as far as I'm concerned to keep his running backs in play or, you know, shore that up. Uh, with more insurance um, because that panic would quickly move to an eight for me if he's experiencing a Zugzwang, um, you know, just a situation where he's got to plug someone in, which is automatically going to be a disadvantage, uh, maybe decisively so. And to add some more panic, uh, hasn't been too active on the waiver wire. So if there are injuries to his team, not sure if he has the the confidence to to turn the roster and and make moves to to claw back into contention. That's right. He's new. He's he's got some bucks to spend. So, all right. Last but uh, least, <laughs> first place. Uh, the commissioner with time to the commissioner emeritus with time to to play the game. Be in first place, undefeated. Um, and the most feared this week, Travis. I projected 128 points. 128.31 this week, according to Yahoo. Yeah, he's one of only, I don't know what Yahoo's been doing or if it's just data coming in, but there's only two members in our league who are projected 120 or above this, this week. Uh, do you have? Do you see any reason why he should panic and and believe he's going to finish in last place this season? No, I don't. <laughs> uh, I guess I. Oh my goodness! Take a look at. We're going to have to get creative here. All right, I will say if I'm Travis, I'm panicking on the wide receiver front because look at his bench. All six are running backs. He's got wide receivers in the flex and then has two starting spots. Um, and he doesn't have any, like, bona fide RB1 studs, though Cordero Patterson has done well the first few weeks. If I'm him, I'm, I'm maybe panicking about depth, but he's obviously shown a willingness to trade, and he's got the tools to do it. Um, though a couple of these are just kind of bench stash rookies in Isaiah Pacheco and Jalen Warren. Um, his running back depth is also a concern. Um, so maybe we shouldn't 
we, we should take off rose colored glasses at the matchup proof Josh Allen and Cooper Cups and 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 Travis Kelsey's. Um and panic a bit because who's he gonna replace these starters with really? Yeah, you think maybe the, the bye weeks hit and things get a little rough for him? Yeah, like who who's who's tempting trade fodder uh you know to shake things up. Um, I mean, obviously, wide receivers always pretty deep on the waiver, uh, so it's not too much reason to panic. Um, but you know what? I think I'm going to put him at a four. It means Eric is the least panicky on my wow. on my watch. What about you? Um, I'm at a one point five for Travis. I mean, Josh Allen, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey. Come on. How do yeah. we let this happen? That's like coming coming out of the draft. Travis made the same slight miscalculation I made last year of kind of going zero RB and just not feeling great about that position. But he had Josh Allen, Cooper Cup, and Travis Kelsey. Right. Not to mention Debo Samuel as well at the time. At the time, and thought he was in a little bit of a zugzwang of. You know, if he makes a move, he's going to have to get a running back by trading from a strength of wide receiver. And if you give up too much, then you're not really getting an elite running back in that trade. And now you've traded from your strengths, so you're just weakening your team all around. But he's able to hit the trade market pretty heavy, and he turns this into Cordero Patterson. He turns it into James Conner and Camp Akers, and now all of a sudden he's got enough guys that can go out there and, and score 10 to 12 points, and that's all he needs at these running back positions when no. Josh Allen is scoring 40 points and Cooper Cup is scoring 30 points and Travis Kelsey is scoring 20 points. And, you know, what can you get from Deontay Johnson and Terry McLaurin? Like, those guys can have 20-plus point games too. So it's he's he's now got five running backs with Damian Harris, Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary had like 10 catches last week. Yeah, or something. The touchdown. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm not not panicked about Travis's team at all and like he he could make another trade here of like Kenny Package at James Conner and at Cam Akers and upgrade his running backs even more. So I feel like if anything happens Travis gets scarier this season. Yeah, it. I, I'll I'll update my rank my panic meter to it too because you're right. Josh Allen, Cooper Cup, and Travis Kelsey any given week are going to collectively put up ninety points, and you're right. The rest just kind of fill it up to one thirty. So that's that. And and when you go back through the other teams that we just listed out, what were the panic buttons for a lot of these people? It was quarterback and it was tight end. Right. And he's he's got Josh Allen and yeah, Travis. He's Kelsey got surefire bets. Real quick, as we wind this down, I hear my snuggle puppy, uh, my current snuggle puppy, getting into something. So, you fill the airwaves while I go see what she's doing. Just fill the airwaves. Just monologue. All right. So this has been everybody panic with your host Jamie Schleicher. Our trusty intern, Seth Whistleway. Shout out to our editor, Zach Robbins. I feel like we don't give Zach 
enough public credit. We, we try to shout them out, uh, but I, I don't think we do enough of it. And we, we try to give Zach clean audio each week so he, he doesn't have to do a lot. But last week, there were a couple of places where, you know, we, we made some mistakes and gave Zach the heads up that uh, we, we were going to need him to do some heavy lifting when it came to the editing. And he made us look good. He, he did it like a champ. And he's doing all this work behind the scenes as our commissioner. Yeah, he's in 10th place. Yeah, his panic meter is at a, an 11 on a scale out of 10. But when it comes to being the best editor in the game and the true MVP of the Dad Bod Pod, Zach, you're a champion. That's right. Uh, we're just talking heads in the ether, but this podcast doesn't exist uh, without you, Zach. We're grateful. To bring this full circle and draw it to a close, because I got to run, I will say that I hope the audio quality is all right. Um, you don't get the, as much the ASMR mellifluous uh, tones from me this year because my nice headphones were also stolen in the robbery. Um, oh, there was a robbery. <laughs> maybe, you could, maybe you could tell us more about that one day. Yeah, uh, stay tuned for next week's episode to hear about that time I was robbed. And for anyone who is like, oh my gosh, why did Jamie and Seth bloviate for an hour and a half? This is what happens when we don't have a guest. So if you want to correct this, get them back under an hour, come on the pod next week. You know who you are. Yeah. I think though the quality of analysis is at least as good as Fantasy Pros podcast. And it's so germane. So you're welcome, y'all. I got to go. Yeah, Fantasy Pros isn't going to spend an hour and a half talking about the dad bod week. They just, they're not going to do that. So where are you going to get this tailored information? Anywhere else? I don't think so. And if you think you can find it, you can go fall in a well. <laughs> <laughs>